1: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at Burrow.com ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At Nile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Hello and welcome to the Randomly Generated History Club, where three non-historians pick a year at random and try to learn things about it. My name is Ant, and I'm here with my two friends, Will and Anna. Hello. Hello. This week, we're talking about the year 1977. Yay! Now, let's each of us give our three-word preview of what we're discussing today. Will, you can go first. Probing every orb. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means, but I don't know that I want it. Anna?
2: Them thar hills. Them thar hills. And for
1: me, disco darkness debacle. Oh. No hyphens this week.
2: Disco (laughs) darkness debacle.
1: Yeah, we're in for a good one. Okay, disco darkness debacle. For mine, we're going to talk about the great New York City blackout of 1977.
2: Uh So
1: have Ooh. you heard about this? No. I ha- <laughs> Why did you make a new sound, Will?
0: <laughs> so it's just,
1: Anna made a noise and I wanted to go along with it. I can guarantee it. you Anna has heard of this.
2: I have heard about it because I have seen the movie Men in Black.
1: And also because there's so little history in America that every little timer event <laughs> yeah, is i out in the note. 70s. <laughs> yeah. Is that right. true? I bet that's true.
2: I <laughs> mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not so wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this was a major power outage that affected most of New York City from uh, on July 13th. Uh, in 1977, the blackout plunged the city into darkness, affecting approximately 9 million people. So, this- Wow,
2: wait, there were 9 million people in New York City in... 77.
1: Well, that were affected, so it's probably more, that uh, more affected, than I'm just guessing. the city. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. okay. And so, the blackout plunged people into darkness. It did, yeah, <laughs> yeah, blackout. Yeah, so uh, the black comes from the <laughs> eponymous. It wasn't uh, a white in. It wasn't. <laughs> no, uh, that's Will's Social Club. Anyway, the, black... <laughs> <laughs> <God. Yeah. laughs> the blackout began on the evening of July 13th when a series of lightning strikes hit power lines and substations in the city sort of one by one sort of chain reaction of events. Um, the, the electrical system already strained by a heat wave and the high power demand caused by AC and fridges. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, those are the ice cream only trucks. two appliances Sorry, ice in, tru- in New York. Ice tru- cream tru-
0: trucks, yeah, yeah. Once plugged into the mains. Yes, yeah. well, that's how they
1: yeah. chill, chill, chill the cream. There's actually
2: a city city ordinance in New York that every block has to have an accessible plug for ice cream trucks. Yeah, exactly,
1: oh. yeah, yeah, you didn't know Okay, that. well, that's what that plug surprised you didn't yeah. know this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, this occurred at... Approximately exactly eight thirty-seven PM. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's very exact actually. Yeah. And by nine thirty-four PM, the entire Con Edison system, who were the provider, uh, was, was shut down. So it was gone. So in an, in an hour, in, in, in less than an hour, yeah. um, due to I guess the angry electrical rays of God uh, struck down the heathens in New York City anyway the man in charge about time (laughs) Abraham Beam mayor of New York who was just about mayor by a whisper who had lost previously and came to power with only 34% of the vote so you know most people didn't want him yeah. uh, to be mayor. Um, you got to feel for this guy because uh, as well as what we're going to talk about, he had to navigate the New York fiscal crisis of 75, which was still ongoing, um, was when the city nearly went bankrupt. New York was $11 billion in the red and they had to pull out all the stops. They had pay freezes. They took money out of teachers' pensions, um, which move. you can imagine not. Super popular, but yeah. um, uh, and they had Bond fire sales, effectively. And oh, a- they
2: should have set the Bonds on fire while the lights were out. It's
1: a <laughs> yeah, good yeah. source of For illumination <laughs> from um, Mr. Beam. From Mr. Beam, Abraham Beam. Um, but eventually they did get a presidential bailout by President Ford. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Safe to say, New York at this time, with its you know growing crime and drug epidemic, civil unrest... Now this blackout and the scourge of disco uh, was, was uh, not in such a good way. So, 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 considering all of this, how do you think the average New Yorker dealt with the blackout? Do you think well, <laughs> or be? Not so well
2: <laughs> Or B Was it like the purge? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah on a scale of one to purge How would you think it went? <laughs> like a
2: nine nine point purge Okay yeah, point, I think
1: point. instant zombie film yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Okay so I'll just give you a smattering of things Of what happened I so, think they
2: stored all the bodies in the ice cream truck <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and then they rotted very quickly <laughs> yeah. um, So over 1600 stores were looted Yeah. There we go Countless items stolen Ranging from clothes Electronics And notably groceries Were well, stolen yeah Yeah yeah, you got to eat. You do. You get so, those turnips. Okay. turnips? No,
2: turnips we, that's not really I'm a thing. I'm assuming like
1: you, you, you want to oh, go something
0: turnips are not a thing.
2: We don't really eat turnips.
0: What, what are what you, you talking about? What's civil or a civilized country. It's of course an absolute you turnips. I know I'm Staple just saying of... the
2: first time I had a turnip here I was like, "Wait, what is this? Is this like a just a weird white carrot?"
1: What, you never had like turnip stew? <laughs> turnip steaks? <laughs> yeah. Turnip cake
0: on your wedding day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I guess I will have all of those Turnip things. gyros. <laughs> There's something so sad about turnips too. Anyway, no, so they didn't loot turnips. I can almost guarantee that. You would go for Weird. something
1: dense and like expensive like cashews or something. Yeah, also. exactly. Yeah, right. you want to yeah, it. Anyway, over a thousand fires reported during the blackout. Many started by arsonists who are just taking advantage um so, yeah uh, the bronx has apparently hit particularly hard on account of all their wicker houses um <laughs> <laughs> i'm assuming i don't know i've never been to the bronx um, no it's
2: wicker just wall to wall that's quite, that sounds quite beautiful yeah, yeah it, does, it is actually, it's yeah. a, sort of aesthetically very jarring but you get used to it oh, lovely. as a result
1: of this widespread, lo- widespread looting and arson the nypd arrested over 3,700 people, wow! making it the largest mass arrest in the city's history and one of the largest mass arrests in the world.
2: Until they rounded up all the off-brand Muppets in Times Square.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you really think there's 3,700 of them? At
2: least. There's 3,700 off-brand Elmos. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, fair one, fair one,
1: fair, fair, fair. uh, oh, wait, I thought you... Oh, you mean the people that like, are busking and stuff? Yeah. I thought you meant just like the characters because Muppets were... <laughs> oh, okay, no yeah, mind. sorry. Yeah. No, no,
2: no. I don't know if either of you have been to New York recently, but there's this whole Not thing about like... Yeah, it's just like pseudo-elmos in these really janky costumes <laughs> that they probably bought on Amazon. Trying to get some cash in Trying to get, like, yeah. I don't
0: think Muppet side's a crime, is it? I think it's, <laughs> you know, I don't think that's...
2: <laughs> yeah, you just take the social. hand out of the butt and then so, it's
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, hospitals and other essential services had to rely on backup generators to main their operations. And fuel was also getting scarce because they ran on generators. Some radio stations were using these generators... To still provide a public service, yeah, disco you know. is
2: a public <laughs> service. <laughs>
1: well, they, well, they would also, obviously, with the you know the you know alleviate people's stress with disco. They'd also tell people important information like where the like no go areas were, mm. where the the go go areas were, <laughs> um, etc. Um, and with no power, subways, trains were shut down, stranding. Thousands of commuters, many people had to walk long distances to get home, I'm assuming along the tracks, while others slept in their offices or found shelter with friends or family, Um, which, you know. Grim. Yeah, not great. Overall, estimated to have led to about $300 million in damages and lost revenue for businesses, which today's money is about $1.6 billion. Dollars. Mm. so that's a lot how of, long were the lights out well we'll get to that uh, not all doom and gloom there was amid the chaos numerous instances of people getting together building these quasi societies from the ashes of what came before <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just i was just picturing like the lost boys like yeah, people just paint really, on their faces
1: it really was like, yeah and um they direct traffic for example or help each other out you know providing like i guess milk Yeah yeah. uh, Uh Contraband cashews That have been (laughs) stolen um, Turnips uh, And and they made safe havens In the chaos Of defending Sort of these small Neighbourhoods and stuff Also there was A sort of a a Joyful story When Rebecca Joy Was born by candlelight In Battery Park City Aww Um, to to a chorus of homeless people, I'm assuming. Um, Did she grow up to be evil? uh, She (laughs) did. Yeah, what an origin story. (laughs) I
2: was born in the dark.
1: Uh, Her birth made headlines, though, and she became a symbol of hope amidst the chaos. So I actually wonder what did happen to her. Um, And then in some parts of the city, some people threw, uh, I guess, silent discos. uh, The first silent discos, um, because of the height of disco, obviously. So (laughs) considering all this, that society basically fell down and New York imploded... Um, How long do you think the blackout lasted? Anna.
2: Uh, So it was long enough for roving gangs Mm. of youths to take over, I would say... 20
1: minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes, okay, you will. Um, three nights. Three nights. Incorrect, 25 hours.
2: 25
0: <laughs> hours. Okay, <laughs> That's one, all it took. Yeah,
1: oh
2: one day. And it happened at night, right? It
1: happened at night, from one night to so one period of darkness.
2: One period of darkness, and then yeah. the chaos just continued
1: Completely through the continued. daylight. And it just exposed the fragility of the city's infrastructure, highlighted the economic and social disparities in New York City. And in the aftermath, Con Edison, the power company, uh, faced huge criticism for like having really badly configured yeah. lightning prone uh, things um, electric things what, what, transformers yes transformers. L- lines yeah Exchange interfaces. Yeah, it
2: was their fault that they let the Decepticons in. They (laughs) needed better Transformers. Uh,
1: And so they had to implement measures to prevent a similar event in the future. Um, And it's just interesting because the 77 blackout is often contrasted with the 65 Northeast blackout, which affected a much larger area, but was markedly more cooperative and calm. Uh, You know, the great New York City blackout of 77 remains probably the most significant blackout in US history, and continues to serve as a cautionary tale about the importance of reliable infrastructure, which I'm all for, but also just shows just how... frail this sort of societal makeup that we have i mean we saw this with pandemic lockdown like i was out there just stealing yeah. turnips and setting fires yeah. within you did minutes you did jail time right? you did, you did, i really yeah, you did, did. A hard yeah, time yeah.
2: most importantly though it's a cautionary tale against living in new york city which is, <laughs> is a, yeah, yeah, a garbage <laughs> town and i'm on know. the record as i've been that. to
1: new york twice and both times i've not been mugged but i nearly did both times there you go
2: you yeah, nearly but, mugged someone I both ne- times. sorry i nearly mugged someone both yeah. times
1: So there you go. That is the Blackout of 77.
2: I was excited for 1977. I thought there would be a lot of cool stuff I could talk about. And basically the whole world is my oyster. And I started researching this like plane hijacking by something called the Japanese Red Army. And then it was really interesting, but I was like, no, I'm tired of talking about... Japan, because Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it once, I think. Uh, no, I decided that everybody else gets to do goofy stuff. So today I'm telling you a crazy story. Okay. And it's really dumb. It's going to be the dumbest thing I've ever said on the podcast, but it's actually fascinating. Hmm. So today I present you.
1: You are Going across a very low bar here. So, you know. <laughs> well, it's a, I set
2: a high bar for myself and I've lowered it right down. I'm preemptively
1: down. ashamed of you.
2: <laughs> well, you'll be less ashamed of me when you hear the story of the treasure of Victorio Peak.
1: Sold.
0: <laughs> the tre- treasure. The
2: treasure of Victorio Peak. Amazing. I love treasure. Yeah. Well, get ready because it might be out there for you. Our story today opens in 1937, when a man named Milton Doc Noss is deer hunting in New Mexico. As a sidebar, okay, two caveats up front. One, this is a very long story. I'll try to go through it quickly. But there's so many twists and turns. Two, everyone in the story has an amazing name. Doc
1: Noss went on to feature in Fast and the Furious, I believe. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Doc Doc Noss would be such a good name for a villain in the Fast and Furious movies. Anyway, I'm just going to write that down. Spec script. Um, So Doc is a somewhat troubled man who's just been released from prison. And he's called Doc because he has an illegal practice as a... Chiropodist? Oh, Chi- chiropodist
1: chiropodist, foot chiropodist? Foot weirdo. A, po- yeah. a foot doctor Podiatrist. Foot we- foot a
2: foot weirdo yeah so he's an unlicensed foot doctor
0: <laughs> and- <laughs> so that's sort- doubly odd yeah. but can I just clarify I mean yeah. in a way aren't we all unlicensed foot doctors <laughs>
2: Yes, but will you, unless I'm much mistaken, don't uh, travel around in a wagon going town to town and looking at people's bunions?
0: I don't not travel in a wagon looking at bunions. (laughs) Every every train stop is just a
2: quick
1: setup stall.
2: Well, then you and Doc Noss have a lot in common. Uh, Doc (laughs) is married to a woman named Ova Noss, who her nickname is Babe. So Doc and Babe
0: babe egg egg the babe
2: egg the babe so not. this is in
0: 1977 no
2: this is in 1937 oh, okay, 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 okay yeah okay. We, we will get to 1977 i promise this is the golden but in era approximately 40 years so. <laughs> yeah it really is this is like imagine like ragtime playing over everything that i'm talking about here <laughs> babe ruth
0: <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Whacking things. well was that, was that how, how does baseball work?
2: <laughs> Whacking things, <Got> it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're also a little twenty years too late for Babe Ruth. Um, so fifteen years. Babe and Doc are deer hunting near Victorio Peak, which is in the San Andres mountain range in New Mexico, when it begins to rain, yes, in the desert. They seek shelter under a rock ledge and discover a cave. Doc, being a sensible, educated man, crawls into the cave and sees a room with writing on the wall he moves a very large rock which is absolutely what you want to do when you're in a cave <laughs> and discovers a quote gaping hole
1: okay yeah yep yep, yep. No, okay no you're questions ever, yep,
2: good he <sighs> uh decides that he needs to spelunk he needs to explore this gaping
1: hole <laughs> hang on spelunk spelunk he needs to he sees a gaping hole and he immediately needs to splunk.
2: Exactly. Okay. Yep. yep. I said what I no.
1: said. <laughs> you can no. see what she's doing here. I can see exactly what she's doing <laughs> here. I'm
2: telling you the story of the treasure of Victoria Peak. Nothing more, nothing in the less. The
1: only way it can be told. <laughs> yes, in the only possible go
0: <laughs>
2: He on. sees the gaping hole, he decides he needs to splunk. He Goes back to town to get spelunking supplies,
1: just like lotion, <laughs> no, rope,
2: no, <laughs> stop, rope, and comes back to the cave. Descends about three hundred feet into the cave, where he finds a room that was big enough to hold a freight train, or what he estimated to be twenty seven hundred feet long.
1: Twenty seven hundred feet long. Yeah, that's freight like nine. So not like 900 a Nine hundred
2: meters, I think. Nine hundred meters. Yeah, I knew that. the football, whole train. football fields, please. Foot. Ball? How many? F- is a football field a hundred meters? Yeah, nine like football fields. Eight
0: hundred and twenty-two meters. Eight point two football fields. Great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Which is precisely the length of a freight train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So this is the, where the the story begins to fall down because if you ask me right now to guesstimate how long something was, I would be off by orders of magnitude. But okay, he said twenty seven hundred feet long. are you don't yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 point five you only ever see a freight train up close don't you yeah so it's a very odd thing to have selected
2: i know but doc Nos is a man of odd thinking uh but in, instead of a freight train in this cavern it's full of but uh so yeah it turns out there's not a freight train in this cavern it, there is treasure What? It's Full of treasure, stacks of gold bars, jewelry, Spanish-made armor, swords and crowns, statues of saints, and on and on and on.
0: Uh, and does he is he able to distinguish between Spanish-made armor and other nationalities of armor? He In okay. addition to being an unlicensed
2: Spain. foot doctor, he is also an unlicensed
1: armor. antiquarian. Ar- ar-
2: antiquarian <laughs> armor.
1: Um, okay. Specialty. So I'm not going to say this is total bullshit. Yeah, but it just Good, did, because it, it's it, not. It didn't happen. How did it get there?
2: Oh, ant. How did it get there is a great question. There are several theories. Theory one, it came from Father LaRue, who was a young French priest...
1: Ah, Babe LaRue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> ...who was told about the gold in 19... Oh, sorry, in 1797.
1: Right, okay.
2: Theory two. Sorry, have a... No, Is don't... the end don't, of the theory? Don't poke holes in these theories. They're airtight.
1: <laughs> there's only one... Right, okay, <laughs> there's so There's only
2: what? one gaping hole we're talking F- about. F- Father
1: LaRue. Father LaRue. Father LaRue.
2: <laughs> young French priest gets the gold somehow. Okay. Theory two. It's from Mexico... Yep. During the reign of Emperor Maximilian, who was the puppet of the Austrian Empire.
0: Mm. Yeah, Rich. but none of these... little Complete three. theories, are they? <laughs> it
2: was from collusion between Pancho Villa and Germany prior oh, to World Via. War I. Yeah, okay. You talked about Pancho Villa, Will, yeah. in a previous episode. So he
1: was like, okay, we'll come in on your side if you back us against the Americans exactly. by providing us with Spanish suits of armor that we can How maybe about- resell for...
2: Hey Germany will come on will come in on your side if you give us a fuck ton of gold which we and will And suits of armor there was
1: something. To fight the war? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Spanish-made armor is very good.
1: Yeah, this is true.
0: Um, This is a natural place for a sort of funding rat line from Germany to Mexico (laughs) via
1: this random cave in where again?
0: New Mexico. Right. So I
1: guess like my problem is not with the source of it. Like I don't necessarily care where it came from, but the logistics of it is what concerns me.
2: Theories four through six. (laughs) (laughs) It came from the Apaches. Yep. Or maybe the Aztecs. Yep. Or of course, maybe Hitler. <laughs> maybe Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. So we we all accept that there was definitely gold there, <laughs> and we don't worry about how it got there. I'm in. there Hold on, 90, also, I mean, there are also this is nineteen thirty-seven. This is nineteen thirty-seven. Hitler existed. Hitler existed. Yeah, but
1: okay, fine, fine, fine. He had so much gold then, didn't know what to do with it.
2: Guys, I promise you, this isn't even the crazy stuff. So there's gold. There's also twenty-seven skeletons, uh,
1: which <laughs> valuable skeletons though, <laughs> because they were skeletons. being paid. To buy off the war with. Exactly.
2: (laughs) And Doc Noss, who in addition to being an unlicensed podiatrist and an unlicensed antiquarian, was also an unlicensed uh, treasure appraiser because he (laughs) estimated the treasure to be worth $22 million. $22
1: million of... Then money of
2: then money
1: 22 million. I, I'll quickly search how much that was, but that's yeah, a lot of And now. Money. It's got
2: to be like you know 80 trillion, I would guess. <laughs> no, not inf- that much inflation. Thanks, Biden. Um, <laughs> he and Ova file a mining claim on the land, basically saying this is our mountain, we own the rights to it, and New Mexico agrees. So in the month after Doc discovers the cave, apparently he's seen around town with lots and lots of gold bullion and jewelry and the like. He takes one of the skeletons out of the cave because why wouldn't you? And he's said to deposit the gold in various places because at this point in the U.S. it's illegal to own gold bars. Oh. You just you Will. can't own gold own gold bars. You can have gold jewelry, but if you have a gold bar, it's supposed to be a What if Fort you just Knox like dinged something? it in the
1: middle until it was kind of like banana shaped and then it's like gold bananas. it's <laughs> yeah, so
2: just my gold banana. <laughs> that that was actually the primary loophole. <laughs> uh, it was
1: 120 million pounds worth of gold, by the way.
2: Oh, that's actually underwhelming. Th-
1: what? If I came up to you and said, "Do you want 120 120- million pounds worth of banana gold you just turned me down
2: (laughs) i was expecting at least a billion anyway it's a lot of gold um (laughs) so doc nos is taking the gold out bit by bit and he's stashing it around the joint and he goes down into the cave frequently over the next few years to bring out more of the treasure and he sells some of it in 1939 he decides to hire an engineer to help him widen the narrow opening so he can get more gold out at once But the engineer he hired was not a very good engineer because instead of widening the opening, they cause a landslide and seal up the opening instead. Suboptimal.
0: (laughs) Extremely suboptimal. Now the gold's
2: it's trapped in the cave. Doc does not give up. He tries for years to get it open again but tragedy strikes in 1949 when Doc is shot and killed with the princely sum of just $2.16 in his pocket.
1: Well, I mean, in his defense, you probably wouldn't want to carry around all that gold.
2: Yeah, he couldn't carry the banana gold. It would make his pants fall down. <laughs> uh, now, who killed him, you might ask?
1: Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of the skeletons. Yep,
2: Hitler, dead for four years, pops over it, from beyond the grave. Is it
1: babe? Does she...
2: It's not babe, but it is a, an associate.
0: Is it the descendants of Father Larue? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Ooh, that's a really good name he for a mystery novel. He can't have descendants novel. if
1: he's a priest. Oh, great, uh, great point. Well, I suppose he could be. Yeah, the priest he, that does have children.
2: Yeah, he's a bad. He was uh, a bad uh, priest. Ba- <laughs> Uh, no, it's a man named Charlie Ryan. Uh, now, Ryan went into business with Doc to find the gold, spending about $28,000 to build an airstrip near the peak so that they could fly in and yep. carry out a bunch of gold. And Doc, in exchange, says he'll give Ryan 50 gold bars. Uh, but pretty soon after they make this agreement, Ryan realizes it's all, uh, well, in Ryan's words, it's all a hoax. He accuses Doc of fraud. He thinks the whole thing is made up. There's no gold. He's just spent all this money to build an airstrip for nothing. (laughs) This upsets Doc, who Mm -hmm. fully believes in the gold. And Doc naturally threatens to kill Ryan and his whole family. Yeah, makes sense. But Charlie Ryan kills him first. Shoots him in the back, which I think is a bad way to go. No, I respect that. (laughs) (laughs) So Doc is dead, but Ova still holds the claim, the mining claim on the land. And she's still trying to get the treasure out. But... In 1951, who takes over the land? The United States Army.
1: Oh.
0: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
1: Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
1: Well, here comes a conspiracy. Here it
2: is. <laughs> they incorporate Victoria Peak into what is now the White Sands Missile Range. No oh, way. I have heard what Yes, that's that. where they tested the th- th- atomic bombs, yeah, yeah, yeah. all sorts of stuff, because it's in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. Or did they do it because they knew the gold was in Victoria
1: <laughs> Peak? Absolutely the latter.
2: The army evicts OVA from the area, takes over the lease, and totally ignores all of her attempts to regain access to the mountain. And this is where things start to go crazy.
1: Oh, gosh. We're
2: in 1958 now. An Air Force officer named Tom Bertlett claims to have made it into the tunnels while he was stationed at a nearby base. And he even carved his initials onto a few of the gold bars. Uh-huh.
0: Okay,
2: As a way to say they're mine. And then I guess just leave them there. <laughs> uh, so Tom and his friends, one of whom is named Milliage Wessel.
1: Oh yes, Milliage Wessel.
2: Milliage Wessel. That guy is the
1: kind of guy who would be a ghost in a game and give you a quest.
2: <laughs> so Tom and Tom-
1: <laughs> like Monkey Island, Monkey Island. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Tom and Milliage go to the army and say, "Listen, we want to conduct an official search. We were spelunking each other and we found uh, gold in this cave, but Ova petitions state officials to make them stop, and they do." But then I guess somebody relents because in 1963 there's another search involving another Air Force officer, this one named Leo Smith, which, boring. you know, boring. But he disappeared while hunting for the treasure and his body
1: was never found. Ooh. Ooh, interesting.
2: Yeah okay now we're in the 1970s okay any questions
1: oh so many questions yeah. <laughs> like why did nobody take the gold
2: <laughs> well they tried but the hole is very small because of the mining engineer not small
1: enough to put fucking <laughs> 120 million pounds worth of gold down but but also, no like,
2: the gold is in the hole but if there's already 100
0: plus million dollars worth of gold in there yeah. you could hire a drill you know yeah yeah
2: yeah <laughs> and so now we're in the 1970s famously a time of good decision making in america <laughs> Uh, there's a very famous American lawyer named F. Lee Bailey, who would later defend O.J. Simpson and also be disbarred for getting high with his clients.
1: (laughs) Not O.J. Simpson? No, no.
2: no, I don't think so. Oh, it could have been. Uh, so F. Lee Bailey says that he represents clients who know where the treasure is. And somehow this comes up in the Watergate hearings because F. Lee Bailey is involved in Watergate somehow. So John Dean is testifying and he mentions this. And so then immediately there's a conspiracy theory that Richard Nixon knew about the gold okay. and was using it to finance the Watergate break-ins because it was yeah. off the books. And yeah. you could just send people in, get a couple of bars of gold, That's pay the people. That's very off the books. Yeah. Very, like, yeah. By 1977, ding, 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 ding. The army, who is maybe sick of all the badgering, relents and allows an expedition to access the mountain. And this is the very creatively named Operation Goldfinder. <laughs> <laughs> the people involved include Ova, check, a man named Lambert Dolphin.
0: Uh, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> Sorry, Lambert Dolphin.
2: Lambert Dolphin, who is a geophysicist from California who, quote, brought with him a machine best described as a sophisticated cousin of the microwave. Yeah,
1: echolocation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Those dolphins do have very sophisticated yeah, technology. Yeah. He
2: brings a pod of his relatives so they can echolocate a huge tank of water. Uh, so we got Ovo, we got Lambert Dolphin. We have a man named Thayer Snipes. Oh, yes. Dol- <laughs>
1: I wouldn't trust any of these fools to go traipsing <laughs> around. Are you around.
2: kidding me? I would trust a person named Thayer Snipes to do anything. Is this
1: just the, all the like the, the the
0: results of some fever dream you've had? Did <laughs> any of this happen? No, this is all verifiable.
2: So, Thayer Snipes is a notorious treasure hunter who has also searched for the lost city of the Incas and the treasure of the Knights Templar. Not yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, he's yeah. 0 for
2: 2, but this is going to be his big break. Uh, <laughs> then there's Joe Newman. Okay, Joe Newman, (laughs) who's a carpet salesman from El Paso, Texas, who says he represents the Apache Nation's claim to the treasure. No word from the Apache Nation if they sanction this at all. And finally, a man named Norman Scott, a marine salvage contractor and the president of Expeditions Unlimited, who leads the operation. So this ragtag group of heroes (laughs) scan the mountain And the radar, or the microwave implement from Dolphin, uh, showed what looked like cave rooms and passageways underground, ones that uncannily matched Doc Noss's old map. What, a map of a
1: a, a hole in the ground? A cave. A cave system.
2: However, no treasure was unearthed.
1: What a shock. (laughs) What an absolute shock.
2: Unless you consider any of the following things treasure. Several empty tin cans... Mm. five sticks of highly volatile dynamite, Mm. and dirty red corduroy trousers.
1: Well, (laughs) I mean, you could thrift them pretty pretty good now. And also, I guess the real treasure was the friends they made along the way. (laughs) The
2: real treasure was Lambert Dolphin's friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, However... There was a torrential downpour during the search, which everyone agreed was virtually unheard of at this Mm. time of year.
1: And would have washed away all that light, buoyant gold? I'm just saying,
2: (laughs) it wasn't just New York that God was destroying in 1977. Uh, Obviously, the story doesn't end there. I I swear we're almost at the finish, but there are a couple more twists and turns. Uh, In 1978, Floyd Red Nelson, who was one of the searchers, dies under mysterious circumstances in a plane crash perhaps to prevent him from revealing the location of the treasure?
1: Uh, Or just 1970s aviation safety. Yeah,
2: maybe, maybe, maybe it was just an
1: accident. I can't believe this story has infuriated me so much that I'm anti-conspiracy theories now.
2: I I thought you would be solidly like packing up your stuff to go to New Mexico at this point. Uh, In 1992, Ova's grandson forms the Ova-Noss family partnership to finance additional searching, which they have to do. They have to get an act of Congress to get access to the land. And they search until 1996 when the army cuts them off. Uh, I already talked about Watergate and that great conspiracy. And finally, there was a guy named Jim. No last name given.
1: Just Jim. Right. Jim yeah. knew
2: the guy who was helping Doc Noss bury the gold on the night Doc was shot. Did he? And the burying guy, whose name is Tom Jolly, apparently had official documents that proved that a treasure official, existed. Official oh, treasure,
1: treasure documents. <laughs> official documents. He went to the <laughs> Ministry for Treasure, filed <laughs> out the s- form, waited in line.
2: He said, this guy who just got shot and I buried a bunch of gold, here are the documents.
1: What name should we put in the form? Or just Jim?
2: <laughs> Tom Jolly... Doesn't remember where he and Doc there buried go. the gold mm, because course. they buried it at night. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Of and course,
2: it's famously hard to see at night. And they
1: didn't make a map or a sign or a guide. No, yeah. When they burying gold, <laughs> they? Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: Someone could have intercepted the map and had just like a straight shot at the gold. They had to obfuscate it.
1: And there's probably like two thousand tons of the gold as well, right? Yeah, so, there's a lot. So there's like, enough
2: gold to fill a tunnel full of a freight train. Like, size. how long
1: do you think it would take? you and a guy called Jim to <laughs> no, bury no. a tra- freight Jim train. Jim
2: knows Tom Jolly. I can't believe oh, sorry, you don't Tom have Jolly. This sorry. It's okay, so, so clear.
1: Jim, clearly not able to wield a shovel, but yeah. Tom Jolly, titan of a man, able to dig a hole the size of a freight train yeah. in a night. And what are the dolphins the- doing this point? <laughs> <laughs> none of this. None of this. <laughs> all is, of this. D- this is terrible.
0: All of this <laughs> happened. This
2: is the definitively true story of the treasure of Victoria Peak. Oh. And I'm going to leave you with one final quote from Ova Noss, who said in 1977, quote, I'm not saying that Doc found a lot of treasure. And I'm not saying he didn't.
1: Oh, But you've led us all in a merry chase. (laughs) Assuming that he did. The government's involved. The president was involved. I know. The the
2: conspiracies go all the way to the top. The um... gold is absolutely still there. (laughs) We should go. And the entire atomic bomb program was a ruse to cover up the treasure of Victoria Peak. That you heard sense. it here first. Also, Mark Wahlberg has just produced a documentary about this. Has he? Yeah. Good old Mark. So That's there you great. go. That's great. And that is the stupidest thing. I did warn you. That is the stupidest thing I'm... I've ever said on the podcast. Yeah, you delivered.
1: <laughs> this is the most angry <laughs> I've been in a very long time.
2: <laughs> oh God, I can feel the waves of your anger. Um, Will, do you have something real to tell us? I mean, not that anything could be realer than the treasure of Victoria Peak. Mm.
0: Okay, this week I am going to talk about the Voyager Space Program.
2: Ooh! The Voyager
0: Space Program. That's a
2: thing! It's
0: a thing, and this is a scientific space exploration program, and I'm using the present tense deliberately. Ooh! Because the program is still ongoing. Much
2: like this program to find the treasure of Victoria (laughs) (laughs) Hobie.
0: Exactly, slightly right. more scientific, <laughs> um, and both are working uh, to uh, under classified terms to directly to NASA, of course. Both uh, <laughs> of the, the course. going for gold.
2: Yeah, they hunt. are at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. We all know well, that's-
0: um, there is gold involved in Voyager. I know there is, and I will come to the oh, gold. excellent. Where so, do you so think it came from? It employs two robotic probes, uh, Voyager One and Voyager Two, and they're not just any space probes; they're interstellar space probes. Wow. And uh, that's because one has very definitely left the... British solar system, and the other one...
2: Has definitely seen the Christopher Nolan movie.
0: I'm sorry, you said the British solar system? (laughs) Oh, wait, yeah, I just glossed right over that. Yeah, exactly. A whole part of the empire. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) abandoned us in a treasonous act of betrayal. And the other one, (laughs) the other one, sort of left, um, but that depends on how you define the boundary of the solar system. So they were both launched in in 1977, which is the year we're talking about this week. Uh, And their mission was to collect data from the planets. So can anyone guess why... 1977 was the year that they were launched
1: i am going to guess it's to do with the sort of orientation of earth such they could slingshot their gravitational thingies around a thingy and then go out the the ways they need Uh to do super fast that
2: sounds pretty good and it's probably right so i'll say something stupid like disco (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah um no it was uh, so one of the big challenges is to ensure you can actually visit most of the outer planets and at this point though it was a really fortuitous alignment in the late 1970s uh so it's exactly right five stars yeah i was in Anthony. stonehenge at the time for the great alignment and uh, so one of the amazing things about the program is that um as at the time of recording Today in 2026, uh, both, <laughs> both probes. Uh, You're in the wrong timeline, Will. Sorry, <laughs> tw- 2016, 2016. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, both probes are still in operation and are sending back useful data to scientists oh, uh, really? who are, of course, on Earth. Like by useful data is like nothing here. Beep. Nothing here. Beep. Still nothing here. No, th- that's not that's not the data. They're, they're they're sending all sorts of interesting data about um, the about solar wind.
2: Oh, oh okay. all sorts
0: of things so that are being interesting, interesting day to come back.
2: Still pretty breezy out here. Just <laughs> past the Kuiper Belt.
1: Kuiper. Yeah. Kuiper—that's the yeah beyond yeah. the Oort cloud, or is it inside yeah. the Oort cloud? Oort yeah, cloud and
2: Kuiper belt. Know, we've reached the extent of my knowledge of <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Kuiper yeah, belt. Up.
0: So, so one has passed the outer boundary of the heliosphere and the and is indefinitely in stellar space, and the other is in the Oort cloud. Okay, mm. uh, and and is making its way out at a slower speed. So, this being a history podcast, I'll talk about the history of the program rather than the science of the program. So Thank both, God. Both spacecraft were originally going to be part of an earlier U.S. space probe yep. program called the Mariner program. Huh. And these would have been Mariner 11 and Mariner 12 but then their missions became quite different to the rest of the programs so they got moved to a different one can anyone guess the name of the what program they got moved to Voyager no. No, the Mariner Jupiter Saturn program. And then that was renamed the Voyager space program when they redesigned the spacecraft and just like wanted to give it a cooler name. So so the the mission itself was based on an earlier concept from about 15 years before called the Planetary Grand Tour program from the 1960s. And the idea was basically to take advantage of that alignment that was going to happen in the late late 70s between those outer planets. And this was discovered by a guy called Gary Gary Flandro from the Jet Propulsion Lab. And to give you an idea how rare this alignment is, uh, it basically only happens once every 175 years. Yeah, it's a long time before me and my druid friends can uh, get back to Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was far too good an opportunity to miss. And there would always be opportunities to visit the planets later on, but never with uh, like so little fuel and in such short time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they had to go and do something about it. And uh, if you don't know what a gravitational assist is... You have to just like watch it. Any literally, any literally, any space film, um, because it's <laughs> where
2: they slingshot around a planet. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Slingshotting. I w- that, that's the that's the explanation. We're done. Okay, so there were two probes: <laughs> Voyager One, Voyager Two. Uh, which one was launched first? Gonna be gonna be two, right? God. Yeah, Voyager <laughs> Two was
1: launched first. Uh, and Listen, off.
2: we're bad at counting, but we're good at making probes. Why was that
1: just? Huh? The, why? Just why? Mr. window or something, and. So Voyager 2 headed off on a
0: trajectory <laughs> that took it past um, Jupiter and Saturn and Uranus and Neptune. And then Voyager 1 got the short straw and basically followed like a straight line all the way directly to one of Saturn's moons, Titan, uh, which might be more beneficial for us in the longer term because that is where there could be interesting living organisms. Yeah. water um, and such. Yeah, there's like a dense atmosphere. In fact, there's a, there's a, there's a probe going there soon, isn't there, to, is send, there? A, to send a snake?
2: i uh, i almost said a human snake a living snake
0: no like a snake robot Oh, oh, a snake robot. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. a living snake. Yeah, yeah. I was
2: like, that seems...
1: A snake-stronaut.
2: Doomed. <laughs> doomed to fail. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, they they are pretty Go, cheap to make. Going it's, to it's, just it's just
2: a just, space sock. A
1: space sock, really. Yeah. Google, Google
0: like NASA snake robot. It's kind of creepy, but it's like quite a cool robot. Um, so they're, yeah, they're building it now. Um, okay, so by going directly for Titan, though, it meant that Voyager 1 had to head, head away from the elliptical planetary plane. Mm. So that was, basically, there were no more planets left to see in that direction. And so that was all, all it could do and
2: alexander wept for there were no planets to see
0: <laughs> <laughs> um oh yeah actually this may make take make i just want to make a note of that for my sci-fi novel about myself <laughs> uh, and william wept <laughs>
2: i can confirm that the nasa jpl snake robot is cool right cool and creepy yeah
0: so really? creepy yeah it's quite depressing to me that that could be the first thing that an, that an alien species sees of our civilization is this creepy space snake yeah better uh, than
2: a stupid human with its big old face holes
0: you're right we do suck (laughs) okay so here are a few more fun facts about the missions so in the 1990s voyager one overtook the slower deep space missions that had come before like pioneer 10
2: deep space nine deep
0: space nine Um, and uh and at that point became the most distant human made object from earth and uh will obviously keep that record for the foreseeable future there was then um the new horizons probe which was launched in 2006 which had a higher launch velocity but that's now traveling slower because it didn't slingshot so much okay uh, compared with voyager Is that one the
1: one that went near uh, pluto or something took pictures of pluto no idea and, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: how much time did you spend researching the snake as opposed to <laughs> answering these easy questions Eighty-five
1: fifteen. okay maybe you should just read us a chapter from your uh, space novel instead yeah <laughs>
2: subscribe to the patreon.
1: Yeah,
0: I will I, in fact you know I will produce a chapter of a space novel for the patreon. Amazing. Good. Um okay, so here's a fun fact for future pop quizzes. So Voyager 1 and Pioneer 10 are the most widely separated human objects anywhere because they're traveling in opposite directions yeah. from the yeah, yeah, yeah. center of the solar system.
2: Human-built objects.
0: Yeah, they are not human. Because- <laughs> I was gonna- human beings
2: yeah who drew the really short straw and has to ride pioneer 10 into (laughs) this
0: yeah they're both piloted by the way i forgot to mention both all these probes are piloted Uh, (laughs) (laughs) just keep going keep it steady keep it steady you're doing great (laughs) god grim um okay so one of the better known aspects of the program is that both probes carry what's called the voyager golden record uh, which are 30 centimeter golden records that carry pictures and sounds of earth Including things like Mozart and Beethoven and jazz. Um, Johnny Be Good is on there. Johnny Be Good. And there are recordings of human voices and animals and all sorts of things. And then on the front, there are these symbolic instructions on the cover that are supposed to instruct a, f- a civilization in the future to- on how to play a- the disc. And they
2: sort of look like the instructions you get when you're building a piece of IKEA furniture. Is they do. Yes, It's like abstract s- human shapes and is like. Is
1: it like step one by a record player? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did we at least send an yeah, Allen yeah, yeah, yeah. key with the record? I'm also really annoyed with them they didn't accept my SoundCloud rap. (laughs) <laughs> no, <I> th- <laughs> did it not make it on? No, I didn't make it on. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep sending NASA, NASA if you're listening,
0: so that they should have put that on. Because instead, what they put on it was in a total act of insanity. Where was also data in describing where Earth is and where the probes have been launched from. Why would they do that? I have absolutely no idea. So, so this this was the, what went on the discs was decided by a committee chaired by Carl Sagan of
1: anti-human alien collaborators that are trying <laughs> to get them to come yeah. back to us. So, Carl no, Sagan. no,
2: I'm happy to banter. And joke, but I will not tolerate any ill words spoken about Carl. Well, Sagan. So, so I Carl-
1: like against our new alien overlords <laughs> when they come, no,
2: or <laughs> them. And if you're listening, and I think you are, please come, just destroy it all.
0: So, so I mean, Carl Sagan, an astronomer, science communicator, overrated. Generally, generally, <laughs> I, name,
2: I named my cat after no,
0: him. Cool cool yeah, but I, cool, I mean, dude. I genuinely think he got this one wrong because if these <gasps> future civilizations find this probe, we, I, we, do we re- we don't really don't want. These these people coming back to find us but anyway we don't
2: know that they might be super cool
0: Mm, no they're gonna view us as bugs and microbes and just
1: destroy us
2: well if they're that smart then they don't need the map they'll be able to find us there was
1: a really good documentary about this have you seen the matrix (laughs) <laughs> will just be batteries for them
0: no, right I, exactly i have seen yeah, that episode yeah. of the simpsons uh, and anyway carl sagan so amongst his many achievements and documentaries one of his most famous moments came from a documentary that included the voyager program and um and in that he's now he's he's popularized what has now become maybe the most famous picture from the missions yes. the pale
1: blue dot Yeah, pale blue dot that's great pale blue dot it's a very good like youtube mashup kind of video of him Given that speech, but to contemporary or like through movies through the ages, it's yeah. very poignant, very well the done. The speech is
2: incredible. It is a great speech. That's why I did get it tattooed on my ass.
1: <laughs> Just a pale blue dot.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> we should all get that. Yeah. So the, the, the
0: pale blue dot, for those who um, haven't seen Anna's ass, uh, was uh, <laughs> a an vanishingly
2: image, small number of you. <laughs> was
0: was an image of Earth taken by the probe in 1990 at a distance of about six billion kilometers, which is about forty times the distance between the Earth and the sun and the earth as you might expect at that distance is somewhat small um and mm-hmm. appears suspended in the refracted light from the sun in the image and if you haven't ever listened to that speech that carl sagan gives that we were just discussing you should genuinely jump on youtube listen. Yeah, it, 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 it is, is it is, tip top. Yeah, it is good. so there you have it that's the uh that's the voyager space program
2: i think one of the also uh one of the other things he did on the for the golden record is he strapped like um you know, things to his wife's head, like brainwave sensors and had her think about all sorts of different emotions, like think about love. And she thought about him and then it took that data and encapsulated it on the record too. Okay. So
1: now all the alien's going to know that she was cheating on him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God.
2: The slander. I just think that's really cool. That is
1: pretty cool. Yeah, I know. Carl Sagan is a total
2: boss yeah you're walking on thin ice here i really am i'm
1: sorry carl (laughs) sagan estate
2: Anyway, that's really cool. I think it's one of the coolest things that humanity has ever done. And I don't care if it
1: leads to our destruction. It it kind of does speak to an age of like, I don't know, a bit more hopeful and, like you know, looking out to the stars and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Because
2: now, what would we put on the record now? It would be a bunch of like TikTok clips. Well, do you know
1: what it would be? It'd be Elon Musk and his fucking dick rocket just sending (laughs) up fucking memes. Like, that's what it would be.
2: True. The universe could use a few more dank memes, I
1: guess. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. That's everything you'd ever need to know about the year 1977.
2: All the highs, the lows, the shows, the blackness, the space, and all that's left is to get a new year. So Will, can you please boot up the random number generator? I absolutely
0: can. And the last time we did this, Mm. because we were recording this end bit... Uh, We're re-recording this end bit. Yes, we are recording Um, uh, So to be clear, the last time we did this, we selected the year 1686, which of course you've all heard already last time because that we had to release the episodes out of sequence. So this time we will select a new year yeah. Uh, so that you will hear next time. Yes.
1: Uh, and Wait, wait, I'm so confused. Wait, hang are they going to hear so, this one next? At
2: the end of the 1686 episode, did we announce this the next year?
1: Oh my God. Are, are we in a temporal paradise? Oh my
2: God. Oh my God. We're okay, in a Okay, so
1: now we're sort of in this sort of like, what? Okay, I know what day it is now. <laughs> I don't know necessarily what day those two episodes Hang on, were. Hang I think we did. I think we did. So I think, so, so I so think yes,
2: we... yes, because I talked about the triple, ch- the, the jackpot.
1: So we've got
0: 777, which yes, is, the is next, next episode, you'll hear, episode yeah. you'll hear. And therefore we don't need to select one this time no, at all. it's, it's been selected right. for us. It's
2: been selected. You heard it last week. Or you heard it in the last episode you'll hear the 777 episode in the next episode, two weeks from and now and then we're all
0: back to normal and we can put this whole palaver behind <laughs> us this whole temporal paradox that I've caused. we'll never
2: mess up ever again if you'd like to
0: support a podcast <laughs> this professional <laughs> please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash randomly history uh, because we need help <laughs> we, we really
1: really need help
2: I think we're smashing it out of the park
1: alright uh, see you next time see you next
2: time p- bye